The Ohio State Reformatory was a medium security prison between the years 1886 and 1990. So grab a coffee and get ready to learn the history of one of Ohio's most haunted places. Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster, and I hope that you love creepy history just as much as I do, because the Ohio State Reformatory has tons of creepy history. The reformatory was built between the years of 1886 and 1910. The reason it took so many years to complete the facility was due to money. They ran out of money, and to complete it, they had to implement a whiskey tax to raise the remaining funds. The land that the reformatory was built on was previously used as a Civil War training camp. It was 180 acres, and the facility cost one million. $326,769. That's a lot of whiskey money in the late 1800s, early 1900s. The facility was designed by architect Levi T. Schofield, who was from Cleveland. He designed the reformatory with German castles in mind, and it is a beautiful castle-like structure. I mean, if you look up a picture of this place, it is you, you can't use any other word but like grand and just massive. It is huge and it is beautiful. He used three architectural styles, Victorian Gothic, Richardsonian Romanesque, and Queen Anne. His goal was to encourage inmates to be reborn into their spiritual lives. The facility was originally named the Intermediate Penitentiary, It was intended as a halfway point between the Boys Industrial School in Lancaster and the State Penitentiary in Columbus. The goal was to reform first-time offenders. The first 150 offenders were brought by train in 1910 from Columbus. Because the facility was not yet complete, the inmates worked on the sewer system and the 25-foot stone wall surrounding the facility. The first inmates to the facility were in for offenses such as robbery, horse theft, burglary, grand larceny, concealing stolen property, pickpocketing, assault to rob, bigamy, assault to rape, and at least one is listed as for being a tramp. The goal of the facility was to reform the religion, education, and trade. They were initially given an 18-month reform period in the facility, and if the rehabilitation was deemed a success, they were released. If not, the inmates received another 18 months. Overall, it was seen as successful. The incidences of offenders reoffending was very small. I know I've mentioned my love for dogs to you guys before. Sometimes you're probably even able to hear them during the episodes in the background, like dropping a bone or shaking their collar. Between me and Jeff, we have three pups. Two are old men who are just the most well-behaved, sweetest old guys. And then there's Leia. Leia is my baby girl who just happens to be turning one today. 
On July 18, 2020, my best friends Mastiff and Great Dane welcomed their pups into the world, and I was there to share in the moment with them. My nine-year-old boy Timmy and me instantly fell in love with a fawn-colored female who was one of the biggest puppies in the litter and is still one of the biggest puppies of the litter. At 110 pounds, Leia is a lot to love, but she's got a lot more growing to do and she's going to be even more to love. And like you guys know, having a puppy isn't always full of sunshine and rainbows. It can be full of chewed up toilet paper, knocked over garbage cans, and food being stolen off your stove. I knew she was going to be tall, but what I didn't realize is that there isn't a thing in my house that this puppy cannot reach when she is on her back legs. But luckily, I found an app called Good Paws. Good Paws is a dog training app that focuses on force-free training. Force-free training helps you build a good bond with your dog through positive reinforcement instead of creating a fear-based environment for your dog. Using Good Paws, I've literally been able to become Leia's trainer from home. We've worked on bonding, walking on a leash, and tomorrow we're starting emergency recall, which will teach her to come back to me in emergency situations. Using Good Paws has really helped me learn to communicate with my pup, and I can do it at a time that I choose according to my schedule that I set every day, 15 minutes every day. That's all you need. And the best part is that the Good Paws app just went through an update, and the app is now free. I started with the free version, and we were able to work on a lot of different things, but I quickly upgraded to premium to bypass ads and so that me and Jeff could both be trainers on the account and also have accounts for all three dogs. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but me and Jeff are going to find out if that's true. So head on over to my show notes and download the Good Paws app for free. But don't forget that the premium subscription unlocks all the features and is really the best way to go. I can't believe how much money we've saved in comparison to traditional training. And I want to thank Good Paws for sponsoring this episode because we love sponsors for causes that we care about. In 1930, one of the worst prison disasters in America happened. Not at the Ohio State Reformatory, though. It was at the Ohio State Penitentiary. The Ohio State Penitentiary was built to hold 1,500 inmates. But on April 21, 1930, the prison held around 4,300 inmates. And a fire broke out on the scaffolding. The cell block that held the prisoners that was adjacent to the scaffolding had 800 prisoners, and they were all begging to be released from the cells that they had been locked into for the night. I can't even imagine the horror of a fire breaking out and being locked behind a cell door. Reports claim that prisoners were not just kept locked in their cells, but the guards were still placing other inmates into their cells after the fire started. The fire spread on the roof. Two prisoners took matters into their own hands and forcefully took the keys from a guard and started rescuing other inmates. Unfortunately, the roof ended up caving in on the upper cells, 
resulting in 160 inmates burning to death. It is said that some of the guards did try to save the inmates, but a riot still ensued. Firefighters could not even get to the fire to put it out because the inmates were throwing rocks at them. It was chaos. 320 inmates died that day, and over 100 were injured. And this resulted in the inmates being transferred to the Ohio State Reformatory. I mean, they had to put them somewhere. The Ohio State Reformatory was no longer just an intermediate prison. It just became an involuntary maximum security prison. And the Ohio State Reformatory was no stranger to violence and death. Even before the prison fire at the Ohio State Penitentiary causing that transfer of those prisoners, in 1926, a paroled inmate, Philip Orlick, returned to the prison and attempted to escape. During his escape, he shot and killed a 72-year-old prison guard, Urban Wilford. He was sentenced to death and was electrocuted in the electric chair at the Ohio State Penitentiary. On October 2, 1932, 12 prisoners attempted to escape the reformatory. Two of the inmates, Merrill Chandler and Chester Proboski, beat 48-year-old prison guard Frank Hanger to death with an iron bar. They were also sentenced to death by execution and electrocuted in 1935. The darkest story of all started at the Ohio State Reformatory, but ended outside the grounds. It was July 21, 1948, when two former inmates of the reformatory, John West and Robert Daniels, kidnapped the farm superintendent, his wife, and their 20-year-old daughter. West and Daniels became known as the Mad Dogs after murdering the entire family in a cornfield off Fleming Falls Road. They then went on a two-week crime spree, leaving six people dead. They were found, resulting in a shootout that left West dead, and Daniels was sentenced to death and executed in the electric chair. A tragic accident in November of 1950 left the warden's wife dead. She was looking in a closet for her jewelry box, and upon pulling it out, she knocked the warden's service revolver out of its hiding place. The gun hit the ground, went off, and shot her. She died in the hospital from pneumonia a week later. A few years later, the warden would pass away from a heart attack while sitting in his office, leaving their children parentless, but they still have fond memories of life growing up at the reformatory. The prison had become overcrowded, and two men were placed in the same cell down in solitary confinement. One man killed the other, stuffing the body under the bunk. At least one inmate hung himself in a cell, and another took a darker path to suicide. He swiped an accelerant, probably while he was on work detail, and told the guards that he didn't want to go down to dinner with the other inmates that day. They left him alone in his cell, where he doused himself with the accelerant and set himself aflame. What a horrible way to go. Because of the overcrowding and deteriorating conditions, the inmates filed a lawsuit in the 1980s, which concluded that the Ohio State Reformatory was no longer fit to be used as a prison. This led to the prison's closure in 1990. They constructed a new facility, the Mansfield Correctional Institute, which stands behind the Reformatory grounds to this very day. 
The building was set to be demolished, but the movie Shawshank Redemption wanted the beautiful historic building for filming. The building is not only beautiful, it actually holds the tallest freestanding cell block in the world. Strangely, the cell blocks from the Ohio State Reformatory were not used in the film. The facility was turned over to a preservation society, and the building has been used for more than just the Shawshank Redemption. The building has appeared in Harry and Walter Go to New York, Tango and Cash, and Air Force One. Many music videos have used the facility as well. The Preservation Society offers day tours, paranormal tours, and even an inmate-led tour. They also host a haunted attraction every Halloween. The proceeds from the tours go to building maintenance, which is still much needed and ongoing. It's said to be one of the most haunted places in Ohio. So if you're looking for some history and possibly ghosts, the Ohio State Reformatory is a great place to visit. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tune in soon for mine and Mandy's follow-up to our paranormal investigation that we did just last night at the Ohio State Reformatory. Be safe, and remember... Evil people are everywhere. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Copy Murder and Mystery. You can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel. All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast five-star rating, sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.